Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you when we come before you in the powerful name of Jesus. So grateful to be formed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we just say you're welcome here, and we ask that you would do a supernatural work in us. And we just confess that we live in a culture where being driven and making things happen with our own strength is tempting. And so we ask that you would come and would you work supernaturally in us? Would you help us to look more like Jesus in the midst of all the the busyness and all the bills and God, all, all, just all the, all the errands and all that it takes just to make life work. We ask that this relationship with the Holy Spirit would not be theoretical, but that it would be real. And so we pray that you would help us. We honor you. We love you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So last week when we read this phrase, and I just want to say it out of the message again, just to kind of remind you again, it says, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God and intimate friendship, intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And that was really the the force that we talked about. We talked about developing a friendship, a relationship where we're actually dialoguing with the Holy Spirit and We know so many have no relationship with the Holy Spirit, and we decided, as for us, we want to be people that commit to having this intimate friendship, being close with the Holy Spirit. And you and I know that Jesus looked at his disciples, and he told them, it's better for you that I go away. And he talked about this language of that that it's actually going to be good if he goes. So God incarnate. Jesus, walking on the planet, looks at people that he's spent years with, knows them, walks with them, talks with them, hangs out with them, and then he says it's actually better, and we talked about how difficult it is to believe that because in reality, who wouldn't want Jesus walking and talking with you? Like That doesn't seem like life could get much better, but the idea that God comes and takes up residence inside of us, that actually the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And we talked about not being lonely, but, but the Holy Spirit is always with us. And we talked about the Holy Spirit leading us as we make decisions. And, and so I wanna build on last week as we t- kind of talked about the, the journey of the friendship with the Holy Spirit. And, and today I, I wanna talk about starting to be like Jesus, where our character, our, who we are is transformed by the Holy Spirit, i.e. God inside of you, changing you, changing me, the Holy Spirit in us, transforming us. And so that's kind of where we're going today. And so I want to talk about what this friend does inside of us, what, what, what it looks like. So if you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it'll be up behind me. But Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 3, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit, okay? So Holy Spirit inside of you, Holy Spirit transforming you to look like Jesus, 
the work is being done by the Holy Spirit. So when you think about your own journey and your own life and what God's called you to live, it's not merely gritting your teeth, attempting to trying to be holy. It is actually the work of God inside of you. And so it's the the work of the Holy Spirit that's transforming you. So it's an openness, a receptivity, an excitement about, man, I, I want the Holy Spirit alive, working inside of me to transform me into the image of Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He's transforming you. He's at work. So he's your friend. Yes, intimate friendship. You know him. You walk with him. There's dialogue. And he's at work. And so to, today, I want you just to get that vision like, all right, me being transformed into the image of Christ where I look like Jesus. I look like Christ. The image of Christ is the way Paul says it here. And so sometimes when you say that, though, it's kind of like cute. Like, all right, yeah, me, sure. Look like Jesus, right. Not sure that's ever gonna happen. I know for me, uh, anybody, anybody love the NBA in the early 90s? That was like my favorite time. I was in, I was in junior high when um, Michael Jordan showed up on the scene and there was this great Gatorade commercial that came out that transformed the way that all of us saw basketball. And there's this little song that went like this. Sometimes I dream that he is me. You got to see that's how I dream to be. And it was that whole thing, like Mike. If I could be like Mike, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be like. And so all of a sudden, man, on the basketball court, for me, ninth grade, crooked teeth, mullet, Oklahoma, what's up? I mean, <laughs> I, I had this image transformed like, man, I, I want to be like Mike. And so I, I wanted to do the whole thing. I wanted the Air Jordans. I, I, I wanted, I'll drink how much Gatorade do I got to drink? Um, I'll get the swoopy shorts. I'll push my socks down. I mean, whatever it takes, four foot 11 dreaming. Sometimes I dream that he is, I mean, that was the dream, right? And I'll do whatever it takes to be like Mike. But in reality, it was a fantasy. Like in reality, I even knew as a ninth grader that can't make the junior high basketball team, chances are I'll never be like Mike. So it doesn't matter if I sing the song, doesn't matter if I get everything right, chances are I don't really believe that I'll ever be like Mike, it's not real. And sometimes I think that's kind of how we do it. It's like at church, I'll sing the song, hey, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I'm gonna be like Jesus, I'll wear the bracelet. But come on, it's just kind of like a cute song. It's a song and dance because in reality, I don't know that I'll ever be like Jesus. And today, my hope is for you to find rest in the reality that it's not gonna be your skill, your talent. It's gonna be the work of a supernatural activity of God inside of you. And that he desires to do it inside of you. And so it doesn't just have to be a theoretical dream, a fantasy it can be, no, it's, it's what God wants to do inside of you. And God, the, the Holy Spirit inside of you is at work to transform you. And so that's what the Spirit is doing. And so, and so if that be true, if it's true that it's a supernatural activity, well then thank God and he's gonna be at work. And my hope is that you would get this vision, this idea that it doesn't have to be just a dream. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to just kind of push it away and say it won't ever be me. It's, it's, it's possible. And so my hope, my prayer is that we would have this awareness of the Holy Spirit, that you would, that you would start to dialogue like we talked about last week with the Holy Spirit, with this reality that as you're with him, as you talk with him, as you 
contemplate or behold God, that there's a transforming work. Because when you see him and when you begin to talk to him, here's the reality. You start to become like him. And it's a supernatural work that, that takes place. Because the truth is when you're close to somebody, when you're close to someone, you start to become like them. One of the most fun things for me in this last year in moving here and starting Radiant Church is developing new friendships. And so I've, I've, I've been just, we've, we had just supernaturally, just God began to call people to, to jump in and move here and be a part of Radiant Church. And one of those people is Isaiah Bruce. Isaiah Bruce moved here from rural Alabama. And when he, came, when he left high school at age 18 years old, he literally left his house, walked away from his house with a backpack and a shotgun. And that's how he left home at 18 years old. Like this dude is country, right? He's 18 years old uh, when he left home. Now he's in his mid-20s, sharp. I mean, brilliant mind, but he still got so much of that country talk. And so, and so this week I was with Dawson and my son, my 13-year-old, and I, told, I looked at him and I said, Dawson, close the door, boy. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I said, I just called you boy. And he goes, you called me boy? And I thought, where did I get that? <laughs> you know what? Isaiah calls me boy. And so in Alabama, you don't say boy like you say boy, right? So, so here's what happened. One year I've been hanging out with Isaiah, suspected how I talk. Or this is Nathan Dorinsky right here. Nathan moved here from Cincinnati. Nathan is the hardest working person I've ever met. A year ago, I had no clue what Evernote was or, or, or Nosby or even iCal. But today, I live in those computer programs. You know why? Because Nathan is on me like, let's get this done. Let's work hard. So you know what? I'm starting to work a little bit harder because I got Nathan around me. You get the idea. Noah's back here running production. Noah's a hipster from Colorado, right? Noah refuses to wear any clothes that are not black, white, or denim, right? It's just true. He'll never wear what Matt's wearing, ever. Like, he is, that's just it. And so this week at the prayer meeting, I was about to leave the house, and I had the thought, Noah would never wear this. And Dawson was like, eee. and so I went and changed, right? <laughs> Here's my point. A year after spending time with these guys, man, I want to work like Nathan. I want to dress like Noah. I don't really want to talk like Isaiah, but I'm starting to. <laughs> if you'll be with him, if you'll spend time with the Holy Spirit, there's a supernatural work, and he begins to change you, transform you. And transformation isn't merely a dream. Transformation is the work of God inside of you. And I know when we talk about transformation and holiness, man, sometimes some triggers go off and people, people think of it almost like a bad word. And it's, it's hard because you've got, you've got past issues or past hurts or people have said things or there's been legalism. There's been stuff that's just hurt you. And so today my hope is that it's just a fresh, clean slate and for you to think of it relationally. For you to think of the Holy Spirit making you holy in a relational way as opposed to thinking of it as a checklist of things you got to do. And so if he is holy and you're friends with him and he's working supernaturally inside of you and you want to be like him, man, get the relationship and let the transformation begin. Look at the way that Paul says this, Ephesians 4. This is where there's this long list. And I want you to see this list. Because I think sometimes the list causes us to read 
I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And we check out because it just seems, that's for somebody else. Too much for me. Look at the way this list comes across in verse 22, Ephesians 4. Paul says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness, and there it is, holiness. Therefore, because of that, here's the list. Each of you must put off falsehood. I'll try. Speak truthfully, okay, to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. <laughs> okay. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Trying. Do not give the devil a foothold. Okay. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Stop taking our pens. All right. Just kidding. <laughs> but seriously. Um. <laughs> we just had to buy 500 more this week. Anyway. Um. That felt legalistic. Uh, forgive me for that. That was, that was a backhanded old school. That, forget that. All right. Take, take all the pins you want. The, those pins are your pins. All right. Um, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but is in the Bible. Okay. But must, uh, but must work doing something useful with their own hands and they may, uh, that they may have something to share with those in need. Then it gets stronger. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up, that it may benefit those who listen. And that's kind of where we stop. Like, man, that's a list. All right, I got to do that. I got to not steal. I got to not speak anything wrong. I got to not be angry. Whoo, Christian life, here we go. But I want you to catch verse 30, because verse 30 is where my heart starts to come alive with how on earth I can live that out, and it's this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Look at this. Paul's given lots of stuff. Don't, 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 don't. But his last don't right there, it's not external, it's internal. It's not a law, it's relational. And he says, here's the why behind the what. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, i.e. the Holy Spirit inside of you, God at work inside of you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is holy. Do these things because that's what the Holy Spirit is like. And when you get that the Holy Spirit is a person, that the Holy Spirit is relational, and you love the Holy Spirit like we talked about last week, and you dialogue with the Holy Spirit, and you care about what's going on in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is a friend, and the Holy Spirit is with you, and the Holy Spirit has led you, and the Holy Spirit has guided you, then it's not just a list of things that I ought not do, man. Instead, it's a friend, and I don't want to grieve my friend, and I love my friend, and my friend has helped me, and my friend is with me, and my friend empowers me, and my friend talks to me, and so the last thing I want to do is do something that would hurt my friend. And man, when you get Holy Spirit friend and you start to take that into the realm of holiness, you start to take that into the realm of how I live, it's relational, it's not just law. My parents had the shock of their lives when suddenly triplets were in high school at the same time. Because all of a sudden, man, 
whoo, how on earth do we control David, Dana, and Deborah from going cray cray? I mean, realistically, we went to a public school and it was full on word driving. It was, my, my parents were incredible parents. We went to a very ungodly school and, uh, it was, it was honestly like for them, like this moment where they had to decide what are the rules we're going to put on these kids. And I remember uh, probably about 10 years ago talking to my sister Dana and we were talking about how well we thought our parents did with us during those years. And as we were talking, we were trying to recount the rules and we were laughing because we didn't have many rules. Like we didn't have clear curfew, clear, don't wear this. You can wear this. You can't wear that. Like when I look back, I remember moments of how, why did they allow us to do that? And so as Dane and I were dialoguing about the fact that we look back and realistically, we stayed very close to God and very close as a family. And none of us ever went in a prodigal direction. All of us, man, we were, we were kind of just pretty close with Jesus and pretty close with our family, straight through our freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And Dana said something where she, she just nailed it. She got it. And I just, I've always remembered it. She said, I just remember thinking, I don't want to do anything that would grieve mom and dad. Relational. You hear it? It wasn't dad and mom saying, hey, You got to be home by midnight or else, hey, you better not wear those clothes. Hey, David, cut the mullet. There was none of that. It was just this. Man, we're close. Here's some values that we value. and We love you. And that love was so strong that it was reciprocated in us, because, man, we were loved first, and because we've been loved first, we love back. And so we just kind of wanted, it wasn't realistically about trying to just, just keep the rules relational. When it comes to your holiness, your being set apart, your being transformed into the image of Jesus, the end game What the Holy Spirit does is he is at work to help you be transformed to look like Jesus. And the way that happens, the most enjoyable way to actually not have holiness be the enemy, but holiness be your friend is when it's relational. When it's, oh, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit takes up residence in me. And the Holy Spirit Man, the Holy Spirit, this is all these, the Holy Spirit does not speak negatively of others. The Holy Spirit does not get angry. The Holy Spirit and all those things that Paul lists and you go, and man, it's relational. I just love it. And you know that he led me and you know that he's God and you know that he's empowered me and you know that I was, I was broken and a mess and a disaster. And I said yes to follow him in salvation and man, forever sealed and on my way to heaven. And in, since then, he's been slowly transforming me to take on the very image of Christ. And I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go backwards. I wanna keep being transformed. This is the actual work of Christ inside of me. The Holy Spirit has taken up residency inside me. And so it is not a question of how do I keep the law and how do I keep the rules, but still live for me? No, it's transitioned into this. He's at work inside of me and I love him and I'm forever grateful for the work that he's done inside of me. And so I want to be as close to the Holy Spirit as I can possibly get. 
I've told you before that I spent 20 years in student ministry, 20 years working with teenagers, which I figured if I was in the military, I could have retired. But anyway, uh, I spent a long time working with teenagers. And one of the questions I always heard was this. Hey, David, how far is too far? It's like, a, it's like a teenage favorite question when referring to dating. How far is too far? You know, and here's what they're asking. Hey, David, so I'm dating this girl. What can I do? How far can I go physically and still be okay with God? Here's the root. All right, David, here's my question. I want to appease my flesh. I want to go as far as I can go, but I don't want to, I don't want to get God mad at me. I don't want to, bri- so, so how far is too far? And then I always drove those high school boys crazy because I would never answer the question in a definitive way. I would never say, well, here's what you can do. You can kiss him this way. You can, I never, no. I would look at him and never answer the question. Always, always respond to the question with a question. And I would just say, what's the Holy Spirit want you to do? And they go, what? <laughs> and you always got the eye roll. No, just give me the facts. Give me, give me the rules. Because if you give me the rules, then I don't have to abide. I don't have to be close. I don't have to be relationally close. I can just live by law. But here's the reality, friends. You and I, we no longer live according to law. We live according to the work of a relational, sinless, perfect friend who takes up residency inside of you. And with that inside of you, the question is not, what do I gotta do to keep the law to be okay with God? Everything shifts to this. Holy Spirit is my friend. Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Holy Spirit, end game is to transform me into the image of Christ where I look like Jesus. And I no longer am aiming at how far is too far? What can I do in my flesh, appease my flesh, and still be, quote, cool with God? Man, everything has shifted. Everything has shifted toward, I want to be as close to Jesus as I can possibly be. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I got a relationship with God, and God lives inside of me. And in the past, when he took up residence in the Old Testament, and and an ark or a temple. And he takes up residency in me. 1 Corinthians 6. Now I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God, has taken up residency inside of me, and he is close, and he's my friend. And that becomes motivation, like, all right, God. It's not, all right, on the job, how far is too far? It's not in my anger. How angry can I be and still not have God mad at me? It's not with my money. How much can I spend on me and my own comfort and still be okay with God? It's, it's, it's everything's been transformed to this. He has transformed me 
is transforming me, is changing me, is with me, is my friend. How close can I be? I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. No, no, I love the Holy Spirit, and I want to stay close to the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not asking you as a Christ follower when it comes to holiness to work harder. I'm inviting you to love more. Because when you love more, well, you just watch transformation starts to take place. And that growing love that's in your heart, because I just, I just love the Holy Spirit. I just, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, you want to walk like the Spirit. You want to talk like the Spirit. You want to give like the Spirit. You want to pray. You just, everything is God at work inside of you. And the motive is relational. It's not external. It's not just the boundaries. It's internal. And so I want to give you just a few prayers to pray, and I'll close with this. Here's the first one. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, pour love into my heart. Holy Spirit, pour love into my heart. That's Romans 5, which just says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So the Holy Spirit pours out the love of God. Just pray that. Simple prayer. You want to grow in this relationship? Grow in becoming holy? Okay. Holy Spirit, pour out the love of God into my heart. Do a supernatural work inside of me. Right now, my heart feels cold. Right now, I want to live for me. Right now, I just want to be like everybody else where it's all me-centered, my life, my fill-in-the-blank, my comfort, my, my work ethic, me, 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 and, and everything you said is to love God, number one, and love others, number two, and pour myself out to serve other people and care that they hear the gospel. And Okay, so I, I need to love more. So that's going to take a supernatural work. So Holy Spirit, pour out the love of God into my heart. And you could, that just, even just, even as you drive, it could just be real, pour out more. Holy Spirit, I need more. Pour out the love of God. Let, let the work of God. It's just, it's just a gateway. It's just, a, it's just an opening. It's a, I'm, I'm, I'm more dry than I want to be. I'm, I'm, I'm more brittle. My heart is like stone, and I need it to be flesh. Holy Spirit, pour out the love of God in my heart. I love the way that John Wesley talked about an encounter with the Holy Spirit, where he said that his heart was strangely warmed. That's it. It's your... It's your encounter. It's, it's, it's trying to put words on a supernatural work of God that causes love to grow. And when love grows, when love grows, set apart completely to the other, to consecrated unto God grows. Charles Finney, he, the great revivalist, he called it liquid love being like wave after wave. All right, wave after wave. It's just guys trying to put language to a, to a supernatural activity of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your heart. And then the second prayer is this, Holy Spirit, show me, show me. You can't change what you can't see. So it's highly probable that there is more activity that the Holy Spirit wants to do in you to transform you to look like Jesus. So the second prayer is this, help me see it. Just God, just show me. David's prayer, search me, O God, know my heart, test me, 
Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Just show me. Third prayer, Holy Spirit, change me. Change me. I, like I need, I, 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 do, I am this way. I've been this way for years. I don't want to be this way. It's David's prayer. Create in me a pure heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Just change me. And then the last one is this. Just Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. I want to invite you not to be afraid of that prayer. I know sometimes you hear the word filled with the Holy Spirit and there's a lot of people with just all kinds of different ideas. Here's what I want to invite you to. Just open book, go on the journey, you and the Holy Spirit and pray that prayer and see what happens. See what God does. See what kind of power is released inside of you. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Don't let somebody else's experience, book, keep you from responding to scripture that says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you this journey for me. I was a college student, University of Oklahoma, freshman year, my sophomore year. And, uh, and a bunch of my buddies, I lived in the dorms, and a bunch of my buddies went and they were all pledging in fraternities one night. And I just, I just remember for me, I don't know why, but man, for me that night was a, was just a challenge. I, um, I wanted, I could feel in my flesh, I wanted the friendships. Um, and I wanted to go, I wanted to go party with them. You got to understand at that point in my life, I mean, I was uh, already a youth pastor and I was already just, I'd been in ministry stuff for quite a few years, and um, but I could feel it. I could feel my, I could, I could feel my, my flesh wanting. I mean, I, I might have at that point said, "Yeah, I, I want to, I want to go into the fraternity to be a light." I might have said that, <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to play. And so I was refraining, and I remember uh, just sneaking away. I was on campus in the fall of 1997, and. Um, and I just started to read the scriptures and I read in Ephesians 5 right here it says do not get drunk on wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit and in the Greek here the idea is to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit it's an ongoing keep being filled and I just remember to be honest with you I don't know how to explain it but I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed my life like I, I read do not get drunk on wine and as a as a 20-year-old in my brain, all of a sudden that had my attention because in that moment, my friends were getting drunk, not on wine, but drunk. And uh, it, so it caught my attention. And then it said, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I'll never forget where I was sitting on campus. And actually, the crazy thing is I could actually hear one of the frat houses. I, I mean, I was close enough, I could hear it. I just prayed it. I just said, okay, God, whatever this is, I don't want to be drunk on wine. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and I, 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 in a moment, I mean, just right then, I, could, I, I had this encounter with God where I, I actually had everything that was going on with the pledge week and all that, the, all of it 
created a cringe inside of me and I could feel a ferocious hunger for the word of God. I could feel a ferocious hunger to know God. And I knew, I mean, it's hard to explain it, but it was like, it marked me. And I think I was at a critical point in my life because I I just showed up on college campus. I know in that next season, I, I began to, I began to open up the word of God in a way I never had. I, up to that point, I mean, I was a good Christian kid, but I didn't love the Bible. Like, but that fall of 97, it's, I look back, it was a defining, that year was a defining year of my life. And I just know that God worked supernaturally. I know that there was an infilling. There was something that the Holy Spirit did in that moment. So I want to invite you just to make that your prayer, just like Paul says, over and over and over again. Fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. And that idea there, that do not get drunk on one, what, what it was talking, every time in the, in the scripture when it's saying don't get drunk, it's talking about an excess. And right here it's an excess. It says, but be drunk on the Spirit. I mean, be filled with this. Get, overdo it on the Spirit. I want to encourage you not to think that you're balanced. I do a little bit of the I do a little bit of spirit stuff, but not a lot. Man, just go all in, all in. I want to Holy Spirit, fill me. I want the fullness. I want it today. I want it tomorrow. Holy Spirit, have your way inside of me. Let's pray together. Will you just close your eyes? Let me pray for you, Father. I just pray for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. We just say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We want to be a people filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to be friends with the Holy Spirit. We want to be transformed by the Spirit. So do a fresh work in us, we pray. We would, man, end up looking like Jesus. Have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, we would actually have what the Spirit looks like, what Jesus looks like at work inside of us. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray for a fresh infilling, my friends. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let us not be scared. Let us not be nervous. And let us be a Holy Spirit people. I pray that the Spirit would be on our lips. I pray that we would talk about the Holy Spirit. I pray that we wouldn't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. I pray that we would we'd be filled and overflowing and we want to, in excess, we want the fullness of the Spirit. Come, God. Do a work in this church. In this first year where we're just beginning, we pray that you would mark us supernaturally with the work of the Holy Spirit. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at Radiant Church KC dot com.